Hi everybody, this is Mike here from The Flywheel. On The Flywheel, we talk to experts about career, personal development, and even business expertise. Uh, today on the channel, we've got Vinay, and we're gonna be talking about big career changes and things like moving from a big company to a scale-up. Um, Vinay's gonna tell us a little bit about his entire career journey, some of these decision points he's come across in his life, and some advice that he can impart onto others that are maybe going through something similar or considering something similar. So welcome to the show, Vinay. Uh, maybe you wanna start with a quick introduction about yourself. Sure, thanks for having me, Mike. Um, so my name is Vinay Nair. Uh, I am, uh, I'm actually just recently finished a gig um, as a CMO at uh, Kira Systems, which is a legal AI tech company. Um, and um, they create a really awesome technology that reviews contracts and documents and is able to help lawyers do their jobs faster. Tell us a little bit about, you know, where your career journey started. I know it was probably like three or four years ago, but maybe you want to start at sort of the beginning and, and we can yeah. dive a little bit into some of like those big changes that you've made and sort of what helped you in that decision-making process. Yeah, sure. I mean, like I, uh, you know, I... Um, I think my career was was um, consisted of a lot of different shifts, you know, a lot of pivots and shifts that were not necessarily linear in nature, um, and not necessarily always on a solid plan. Uh, I had different iterations of plans and different, uh, you know, uh, journeys and destinations, and you know, you know, and you know, ripped them up and rewrote them and and uh, made my way through. But uh, this year basically marks my twentieth year. You know, uh, of, wow, of, congratulations. Of technology. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and thank you. Um, and so I, I reflect back on it and go, OK, well, what was my first, you know, how did I get into tech and, and tech marketing? It was kind of a, a bit of accident. Uh, I was actually trained and studied criminology and, and, and criminal intelligence anal and analysis. Wow. And I had just finished a course. Um, at the University of Pittsburgh, where it was an advanced uh, criminal intelligence analysis program. And I was hoping to go and work for the Mounties as a criminal intelligence analyst. You know, that was my, that was my, my, my first plan. Um, but things didn't work out the way that I had, uh, had planned. They had, I got selected, I got hired, uh, but there was a huge hiring freeze at the time. Um, and they asked me to wait for two years, you know, uh, while they were trying to figure out the hiring freeze. And so, you know, I was kind of stuck, you know, I had this, you know, masters in my hand and I couldn't get any work anywhere because I was a Canadian in the United States so they wouldn't hire me. Um, and so I, I kind of hit the, a little bit of this uh, a brick wall um, and I was waiting. Um, and while I was waiting, my roommate um, at the time was, a, a, was an entrepreneur uh, at heart and he started a company in our house. And so every morning I'd wake up and come down to breakfast and, and there was this team of developers coding on my you know, dining table. And, um, and uh, that's kind of how I got started in tech. Um, but I think as I progressed, um, you know, doing those odd jobs where I kind of found myself um, really, really strong, um, you know, and, and excited and passionate about was the work that required a lot of analytical work. And then I, I, I found myself in um, uh, at IDC, which is like a market research firm. Yep. And uh, they do all the tech forecasting and the market forecasting. Um, and so I got really schooled there in, in market analysis. And that's where I found my, my own, you know. Um, and I realized that my core persona is, and my superpower is, 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 is analysis. And so it was, it, was a, it was an amazing experience as a young analyst because I got to go to all these countries, almost 20 countries uh, in three years, um, to basically size them and understand the competitive market shares and the growth of these markets and make recommendations to my clients 
as to whether they should enter those markets or not. That's pretty cool. So, so you took you took basically your passion, which is going to be for like analysis and understanding and criminology, and you applied it to this scrappy, not in a garage startup that was actually in your kitchen. Um, and then you took that and you started to, to parlay that into, well, I still like to understand and analyze things. And so you took that and blended it with a passion in, in terms of market. And so you started analyzing markets and took it down that way. So deeply connected, but very interesting how people can think about making a pivot based on a piece of something they like, but transforming that across industries and still being very successful. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I love that. I think the startup experience was very helpful because when you're building your first business plan, you have to go do a bunch of that work, right? That market analysis and sizing work. And yeah, I was able to show that I had done that. And they, they brought me on as a pretty junior analyst. And then I just kind of worked my way up there. Um, but the clients just got bigger. So they, they were able to do bigger projects, right? And so I got to do a lot more, you know, extensive projects. And companies like Microsoft are, are huge consumers of market intelligence, right? So that, that, they were my biggest client. Someone with my analytical mindset, I felt like culturally would fit really well there because I really got along with all my clients when I was when I was serving them as a consultant. Um, and so, yeah, they, they came knocking on my door through a recruit cycle. Um, and they said, hey, you know what? There's this competitive intelligence lead role for the Canadian subsidiary. Are you interested in that, you know? Um, and you know, my, my resume just screamed competitive intelligence analyst. So I, it didn't surprise me that the recruiters found me. Um, and so I went through a whole interview cycle. It was like, you know, almost 20 interviews over like three, four weeks. Wow. And I thought I was going to get this job. And then I finally said, no, she reached back out to me after I got the, you know, the rejection notice. And she's like, Hey, you know what? We, we really like you actually did really, really well, you know, but this role just requires a, a bit more internal understanding of how we operate. Um, and your background is purely in competitive intelligence analysis. And, and I got to know later what she meant by that um, and what the role was. Um, but she says, hey, we'd like to find a place for you here at Microsoft. Are you interested in talking about some other roles? So that's incredible, right? Like just to pause there for a moment, I think a lot of people go down these like interview loops and get really excited um, but sometimes almost like pigeonhole themselves like mentally that they can only do that role or they get tied to like a job title. And what's impressive about this story is, you know, you sold you and you sold yeah. your capabilities. And, and even though it wasn't a fit specifically for the role that was in, in question, um, you were able to still get noticed by the company and, and they approached you for something that still could leverage your amazing diverse set of skills for something else they had in mind. And so, you know, it's yeah. not necessarily always about getting discouraged, but you know, yeah. maybe maybe it's there. Um, but either way, the the practice of going through those interview loops really helps you figure out how to how to position yourself and your skills and not always be so focused on like a role title. So that was a great lesson for me as well. Um, it's the first time any company had done that for me where they have they weren't looking at me at for just the role that I was applying for. Um, is throughout the whole interview process, you know, the different stakeholders are saying, well, if this doesn't work out, then come, you know, come talk to us about another role. So that was just kind of the part of the culture at Microsoft, which I really liked. Um, and so they asked me to interview for another role, which I, well, I went through a whole round of interviews for, and I also didn't get that one. But then they called back again. And there's one particular gentleman who was a hiring manager for uh, the, the, the second role I didn't get. And he said, well, they have this other one. It was it was a huge pivot. It was it was it was a stretch for me. Um, but they 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 took a bet on me and they brought me in, and that started my product marketing journey. All right. 
so that that was that was great. I mean, I, I, I when I got into Microsoft, I kind of felt like you know I, I I was at my home. You know, I just felt like I was around people who thought about things the way I thought about things. Very analytical people. Very um, you know, some of the best people I've ever worked with in my career. I, I just started off a Windows Server. I think it was a portfolio that nobody really wanted. It was the most boring of all the Microsoft products, and so. Uh, but it was seven hundred thousand, you know, uh, sorry, seven hundred million dollar, you know, product line, you know, and so it was a very important book of business for the company. And so I spent my time getting really technical, you know, um, using my analytical mind frame to really understand technical concepts and not be scared of it, even though that I wasn't an engineer. Um, and that's kind of why most people didn't never wanted the role is because it, uh, the technicality of the role. Um, scared them but really if you just have that learner's mindset you can learn any technical product i got really fascinated by it like virtualization was a big you know trend at the time and um i just studied the crap out of it they there's a leadership role that opened up uh, in the dynamics business which was actually the area that i studied a lot when i was an analyst at idc so i actually knew the market very well um and they said hey we have a leadership role here to be a dynamics bg lead role uh, it'll be a leadership role um, and, uh, you will, um, you, you know, you'll get to, uh, you know, build your management shops, I guess you'd say. Um, and so I, I was very lucky. I was very fortunate. I had some good managers and good leaders that were looking out for me and developing me. So I, all I had to do is put my head down and just do great work. And, and so I look back at that time in my career and I'm like, it's the best leadership I ever had. And it was probably the most transformative part of my career because it took me from being an individual contributor analyst to a marketing leader you know, essentially. Um, so yeah, we did that for two years. And, and, and I think uh, generally what happened was, you know, there was only, you know, kind of four kind of, you know, leadership positions um, in the product side in the, in, the, in the Canadian subsidiary. And so I either had to kind of go into kind of the more, you know, generalist marketing functions um, in a leader, but it's, it wasn't as interesting to me. Um, and or I had to go into sales or into partner development. And I really started to love marketing, you know, um, the way I think and, and the discipline around it. So at that moment, it was like pretty clear that whatever you were going to do next had to revolve around marketing. Like that became an additional layer of passion. So, you know, it started out with analysis and understanding, which, you know, not too far from there is, is great underlying principles of a good marketer. And so that was sort of a moment of clarity for you where you were doing a bit of product management, you were learning more technically, um, but you knew you wanted to continue in marketing. And so you're trying to figure out, you know, how do you go stretch your legs even further in the space of marketing? And that was sort of where you were at in your career and, and sort of your horizon of what you were going to go figure out next. Correct. Correct. Absolutely. And, and marketing in itself was becoming a, a, a hell of a lot more analytical. And so I was finding that I was, I was really getting intellectually stimulated by marketing because of the, the analytical components that digital marketing brought to the table. And so I find there was a shift happening as well that kind of made me more passionate about marketing. Um, because if it was just purely comms related, you know, um, I probably wouldn't have stuck around. Because I'm, 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 not, I'm more behind a spreadsheet than I am on the stage, you know, in terms of my personality. And so I said, okay, marketing and leadership, that's where I want to go. Um, and uh, I, I seriously contemplated going to Seattle and Redmond's. I love the company so much, but that's where I needed to go to grow. Um, and then I, you know, I had this really pivotal conversation with the, the, um, the, the, the boss at Microsoft that brought me into Microsoft, my first boss there. 
who had incidentally had left Microsoft to go join a growth tech company um, as their chief product officer. And he told me um, on his way out, and we were just having some goodbye drinks with him, whatever. And he's and I'm like, so why would you, you know, he's, he was the biggest Microsoft advocate you've ever met, you know? And so why would you leave Microsoft? You were just set to for great things. And, and then one of the things he said to me was, um, we can do it here. And I said, like, what do you mean by that? And he's like, we can build great Canadian companies. Like you don't have to go work for large US multinationals. You, you know, you, you can learn from them, but then at some point we can build it here. So, so at the end of the day, he, he really ignited this fire in you to yeah. consider something that at the time you hadn't really been considering. You'd been mulling over the fact of maybe there wasn't all of the roles that would potentially fit your marketing aspiration. And then there is this, I actually haven't considered that moment from someone that was super important to you in your, in your career. Um, so after that conversation, was it sort of like this seed that kept kind of burning in the back of your mind and growing and, and taking over more of like the, well, what if, and, and, and did you already know you needed to sort of move on or was this part of a more planful career journey, um, kind of build out, uh, and moment of reflection for you? It just kept going on in the back of my head, but it also like kind of a confluence of factors as well. It was like, I got to a point where, you know, um, I felt like I was, I hit a ceiling in my marketing career. You know, I, I, you know, like, I think that if I were to go any more further in Canada, you know, it would, it would, it would require a more operational leadership, um, that was not necessarily my core skill set. you know? So I knew I was hitting a dead end here. That's that seed was kind of, you know, in my head as well. Uh, but is also uh, a charismatic individual who uh, reached out to me to 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 talk to me about intellects and and the guy was a when I saw his name in my inbox I had read about the guy for years you know he was his name was Derek Smythe and you know he was probably you know many people call him kind of like the the godfather of Canadian tech like he he was behind the five largest you know um, Canadian um, you know tech uh, deals in Canadian history you know. And so he was in the Globe Mail. He, he worked for Omer Ventures, former CEO of Brookfield. Like, um, and so he he was a kind of this you know person that I had read about. And then his name showed up in my inbox to talk to me about a role at this company called Intellects, which what he had just joined. And so he reached out to me, and you know, um, and he we had some good meetings. I, I remember at first he just kept trying to get a meeting with me, and. And I, I remember writing a note to him saying, uh, hey, I'm not really looking to leave Microsoft. You know, I remember sending a note to him and then he wrote back to me and he says, well, I'm not asking you to leave Microsoft. I'm just asking you to do brunch. And so um, I sat down with him and I was just expecting to meet an industry veteran. That's all in networking, you know, potentially a mentor for me, blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and that brunch was pretty transformational because the guy took me through his career. Uh, behind being behind Aloqua, behind Shopify, behind some big companies and and how he built his career in Canadian tech. And then that, you know, the seed from the other, you know, uh, from the, my other boss started going off, you know, you can, we can build it here, or we can build it here. And all that stuff started kind of culminating together. And, and he basically told me about how, you know, um, Canadian technology companies need good commercial leaders. There's a huge gap in the market. Um, there's great technologists here, no pro no shortage of technologists in Canada. It's the problem we don't have the commercial executives that can think about how to scale go to markets. 
And that's why we end up selling out in Series A and Series B stages because we don't know how to take anything beyond 100 million plus, you know. Um, and and he was talking about that problem statement and how he had kind of committed his life, you know, to go and try to build great Canadian companies. Amazing. And so that's sort of where, you know, it was not necessarily a quick and brash decision. It wasn't necessarily even even forced. It was something that you over time had been thinking about some different aspects of your career that met with opportunity and timing of, of someone encouraging you to think about things maybe outside of the box that you had considered. Um, led you to move from from a bigger company like Microsoft to follow that we can build it here motto uh, and yeah. go drive your impact passion for marketing into the Canadian marketplace with some scale ups like intellects. Um, yeah. So then I, I know you were at intellects for a bit. Uh, you were the CMO there. Um, so so you know, what how did that go? Did it you know, check the boxes you were hoping to check to move from a big company to a scale up? Um, what were some of the things that you loved the most and what were some of like the biggest surprises to you? Yeah, I mean, I, intellects, I'll always be, you know, thankful for that experience because it was the first time as a leader leaving an established, you know, context like Microsoft and moving into what I call the wild, wild west. You know, it's, 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 you're on a bull and you're trying to stay on as long as you can. It's very turbulent. Um, and, you know, it, it was learning for me, right? It was learning for me to kind of come out there and see how leaders operated in growth tech environments. Um, there wasn't this like gravitational pull of talent the way that Microsoft had, um, where it would, you would bring the best and brightest out of school. And, and so being a leader in a scenario where you didn't, A, didn't have the budget, you needed to go and spend a lot more time, you know, um, hiring very young junior high potential talent. Um, and grooming them and giving them all the frameworks that are needed to go do what the company needs to get done. So it was a huge, huge shift for me from a leadership perspective. It, it, uh, I, I got more exposed to more junior talent um, and managing junior talent, which is more senior talent. Um, you know, and, and so that was a huge shift for me. Um, but also just, you know, like marketing for a living, I call it. You know, because in, in Microsoft, you have such an established brand um, that for the most part, if you make a phone call, you'll, you'll get a meeting. But in some of these companies like Intellux and, and Kira Systems, like the mainstream don't know who you are. You know, um, your niche might know who you are, but the mainstream doesn't know who you are. And the problem statement that 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 um, that the Intellux had for me was how do we go upscale? How do we go in enterprise? You know, we're really good at the inside sales model, you know, in EHSQ, but how do we go and be that, you know, million dollar, you know, deal tech company um, that's going to go and drive amazing growth for, for Intellix. And so it was a shift that they were trying to make to a more enterprise market. But I learned a hell of a lot about digital marketing there, you know, just like how the mechanics work and how this company basically built like a, you know, a $50 million, you know, air our business off the back of a PPC driven engine, you know, and it was so mind blowing to me uh, how they converted an ad to revenue and the cycles it took and all the conversion rates and learned a hell of a lot about like digital marketing at scale. Yeah, it's interesting, right? Because you're you've touched on a thing where it's like it, intellects, and then I know where I'm jumping ahead a little, but then you went to Kira Systems. They're very large, recognized Canadian brands, but to your point. Uh, maybe more so within specific communities or industries. 
and and sort of the impact of brand awareness that some people maybe take for granted um, can really help on some of that inbound or connection bridging. So it sounds like it really created this great marketer in you. You took from like broad market understanding to figuring out how to do product marketing and operational excellence to building like true grit, all amazing career building motions. Um, so, so maybe let's talk about Kira a bit. And so Kira was a very different scenario where I met the founder through a networking, you know, um, event. Um, and he was just picking my brain because he was just, he just raised a bunch of funding and he was starting to think about how to scale his marketing operations. And so I was still at intellects at the time when me and him met and, um, I was never thinking of going there um, because of the scale of size that they are and what I can you know, bring to the table. Uh, but his story was amazing. Like, like his story of how he, the former Wall Street lawyer, um, teamed up with a computer science professor to go solve a really, really big problem that he himself experienced uh, as an associate and, and created this machine learning technology that can review contracts and make, you know, revolutionize the practice of law. Like the, it was such a uh, dramatic story, you know, yeah. and I'm a, I'm a storytelling like nut. Like I love, I get attracted to great stories, you know. And so when the conversation started to turn to recruit, um, I was I already kind of had a flag in my head because I had never worked at an organization that small. Um, and with, with that level of resources before, but I thought, okay, hey, you know what? Like maybe this is a new muscle I can flex. You know, um, they wanted to go enterprise, they wanted to go mainstream anyway, so I can bring a lot of what I brought, you know, to the table. Um, but I can also learn how to build something, like how to build a martech strategy from scratch. You know, how to go and build a brand from scratch. How to, you know, all that kind of stuff. Even though Kiro is well known in legal circles, you know, elevating that to kind of a broader mainstream audience was kind of what they needed help with. So. I thought, hey, that's a great challenge, you know. Um, and so it was kind of the intellectual connection to trying to, you know, you know, apply more mainstream concepts to a company that was really strong in the legal domain. Um, and that's what I did. There's like, you know, it was like four or five marketers when I joined, all generalists, kind of, you know, a, a few years out of school, some of them, you know, and in kind of like building a product marketing function, building, you know, a brand and comms function, building a digital marketing discipline, building analytical and operations discipline. Like it was just like demand generation discipline, like all those things was not really established before. And it was a pure foundation build, um, yeah. which was a huge learning for me. Huge, right? Because I just, I never like sat there and integrated MarTech systems before, like all that stuff was just in place already, you know, every time I showed up somewhere. And so I think what it did for me is it really kind of, you know, gave me more range, you know, so I can go and, 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 and get a little bit more smaller in scale um, in terms of my, my contribution um, to add to my large enterprise, you know, uh, experience that, that I brought. And so it was great. It was a great experience and we, we built everything from scratch. Um, and um, and we launched, uh, you know, I was showing you before, we just recently launched our story in, in, in the form of a book, you know, and it was a huge accomplishment. It took two years to write it out, but it's really just kind of documenting the story and telling it in a way that's emotive so that customers really get attracted to the brand. Um, that was actually very one of, the, one of the more ambitious projects I've ever done in my career. So we just launched that like yesterday. So what's the name of the book in case people are interested yeah. to, to catch up on this amazing story? So AI for lawyers, uh, where, where can they grab it? Amazon uh, and, and when the bookstores open again, Indigo and all the major bookstores. It's, it's published by Wiley. So 
Amazing. I'll, I'll make sure to link it in, in the comment section below as well, in case anybody that's listening is curious to learn more about the, the story of Cura Systems. Um, so now, Vinay, like, what are your top three learnings um, that, that people can take away from like this in, very inspiring career journey? Yeah, I mean, I think the fundamental one, um, you know, is that you have to kind of live, you know, kind of, you have to kind of live your story, you know, um, I think when you start to get into different environments, whether it be the startup environment or the, you know, the, the major tech environments and so forth, they have these stories that they write for you and, and they put you as the hero of that story. And then you kind of buy into the story and you live out the story. Um, and one of the things I realized is I loved, you know, my time at all these companies I've worked at. Um, but I, I needed to write my story, you know, um, which necessarily didn't always jive with the stories of those places. And so I think it's really important that everyone takes the time to really understand, you know, what is it that you are and what is it the story that you want to write for yourself, right? Um, and so for me, that a big pivot was on the, uh, like, I, I went abroad for, you know, 10 years and I could have lived in the US, I could have lived overseas, uh, but I made a conscious effort to come back to Canada because I actually believe in this place, you know, and that's a big driver for me, you know, like being in Canada and contributing to Canada and that kind of stuff. So for me, that was a very important thing. And so the, the sooner I realized that was my story, all these other concepts of living overseas in Singapore and, and you know, Shanghai and, and or Redmond, you know, like all that kind of stuff just kind of, you know, got, got, you know, got put aside and I can go focus on my story. Number one, live and write your own story. Number two, uh, learning. Um, I think uh, the other thing is to really understand uh, what what's your superpower, right? And and uh, and 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 don't try to pick up other superpowers. Like just kind of really focus on your strengths. You know, um, I think for me, I was always a very good analyst. Um, maybe not the best, you know, uh, boardroom, you know, uh, you know, banter speaker, or you know, not, probably not the best in the boardroom. Probably not best in you know, sales management 101, but I was always a very good analyst. And so really sticking to my core and, and, and playing the roles that I played as from my analytical core was what gave me a lot of differentiation. So number two, you would say is find your superpower and double down on it. Bet on yourself, double down on your superpower um, and yeah. make sure that you focus on that because it's really gonna bring your story to life. Uh, so, so number three, Number three is, is uh, you know, it, it kind of goes to the story one, but a bit more around, you know, um, you know, knowing what your mission is, right? I think, like, we, I think we spend way too much time at work not to derive a deep meaning for what, you know, what you do. And so I find that, like, if, you, if you're just there for the paycheck, um, uh, you're, you're not going to do your best work. Right. And so you have to find something bigger. What are you doing? Like, why are you trying to go and work your ass off and make money for your employer? There's got to be something to it. Right. Um, and, and, and so for me, I really anchored on the, you know, building great Canadian companies, um, you know, and and that really gave me a North Star uh, for everything else, my story and my superpowers and everything like that. So you'll, you'll continue to see me kind of continue to go and evolve that mission. Um, but I, I, I truly believe that's, that probably should be number one. So number three, uh, you would say is figure out your personal mission and, and how your career journey and life journey can sort of align to that, because that's where you're going to derive your energy really from others that are maybe considering a change 
in their career, in their life, um, what are some like parting words that you think, you know, our audience should hear? Yeah, and it's no different from kind of some of the learnings as well, but I, I think really it's, you know, the grass is always seems a little bit greener, right? And so every experience, even the ones that you're in, um, you know, is probably green to somebody else. Um, and so I always think about when you, when you make your moves um, to really try to truly appreciate, you know, the goodness and what you're in before you make the move to what you're going to. Uh, because I'll guarantee you, when you go to the other thing, it's not going to be as green as you think it is, right? Um, and I think I think that's that's definitely something I you know I, I encourage a lot of people I mentor uh, just to think about. Um, yeah, and I think I think in general I, I feel like you know, you know just collect a set of experiences. I think people get really caught up on linear growth, um, you know, growing up in position and title. And, and my whole thing, and if my career is any kind of indication of it, it's like, you know, just go and collect really, really rich experiences. And it, it could be lateral, it could be, you know, even demotion sometimes uh, from a seniority perspective, but if it increases your range, it just makes you a better leader later. So Vinay, thank you so, so much for, for coming on to the show today. Um, this story has been amazing. I've learned a ton. I'm sure the people listening and, and watching will as well. Um, so thank you again. Uh, and once again, if you found this interesting, uh, the flywheel where we talk to business experts uh, about career advice, personal development and tips on business, make sure to hit subscribe below uh, and we'll be bringing you content on a weekly basis. Thanks again.